In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and my podcast rebel is the one and only... I got. I almost jumped the gun there. Travis Ratz in the house. Tra- in the Travis heezy. Ratz in the house with me. Uh, the Comic Exposure Podcast, we talk comic books, we read comic books, we do a little comic book club, we do a little uh, talking about nerd pop culture, about what's going on, uh, and let's... T- today and we we take a little nip from from tequila. That's what Travis is doing right now. A little little tequila nip. It's rainy outside. <laughs> it is it's Sunday afternoon. I gotta get I just, the momentum. I up. just finished my uh, I just finished my taxes. So you know I'm. Oh hyped. man, we're such adults. Actually, no, I'm drinking tequila on a Sunday afternoon. I'm I'm I am a rebel here. I feel like I am. You you are a rebel. Yeah. You are a rebel, friend. I'm the Han Solo of East Mesa, mofos. <laughs> So on this particular episode, we are uh, we're not reading a comic book. It's an, it's not a comic book club episode. This is a variant edition. If you're reading the podcast, if you're listening to the podcast, you saw the little thing that said variant edition. And if you're a new listener, maybe you're going, "What the hell does that mean?" And what it means is we're not reading a comic book for comic book club. Uh, you kind of got a little, you got a little angry there. You're like, if you saw if you saw <laughs> no. you clicked on it, you saw it said variant. I don't know what you want from us. <laughs> No, I mean, like, then you probably do, you don't know what it means. I mean, if you normally listen, you know what it means. But if you don't, this is for you. This segue is for you. Yeah. Uh, this is an issue where we're just going to bullshit about comic books and nerd stuff. And important nerd stuff happened this week. We're recording this on Sunday. Uh, it'll probably come out tonight or tomorrow. Uh, and we saw the trailer for Rogue One. Rogue One came out. Yeah, we saw the trailer for Rogue, Rogue One, and we figured we'd give our... Uh, First impressions on this. Yeah. First, so, first impression Rogue One. Uh, you, go, you go first. Please. Sir. All right. Please. So my thought process on Rogue One, I had like – all we've seen so far is that one still, right? That, did you see that picture, the one still frame picture of yeah, the crew? Yeah, and I saw a little bit of stolen footage from the Comic-Con where they like pan up uh, from the planet and you see the Death Star in the background and it has uh, the dialogue talking about, you know – the rebels stealing the plan. So yeah. I saw a little bit of moving footage, but it was nothing really. So you you get the plot. The plot is, um, you know, this is this is how they this stealing the plans for the Death Star. So this is pre New Hope. That's all I knew. Going into this, like most people, completely blind as to this Rogue One trailer. So I wasn't expecting a whole lot, man. I was like, eh, it's Disney. They're gonna crank out movies, Star Wars movies from here forever. I really loved. Uh, I really loved Force Awakens. So I was like, I didn't have any real anything set for this one. Not even after seeing uh, the Force Awakens. Force Awakens was great. I love the Force Awakens, and so I expected. Here's here's my benchmark. If it's better than the prequels, like if it's better than yeah one two three, that's all I can ask for. Yeah, this looked rad as hell. Yeah, rad as hell. Good. It did look good. Like like uh, like Saving Private Ryan, but in space, a little bit like with some kung fu mixed in. With yeah, some a little like kung fu. Um, Kill Bill. It was. Uh, the aesthetic I totally love. It's grungy. It's lived in. It's that. It's so. It feels real. You know. That was my favorite thing, and I think what separated it from, um, you know, the Force Awakens trailers that we had seen before that, and really anything Star Wars movie up to this point is, it plays such homage. The trailer, at least, to the visual style of the first movie. Yeah, it's like they. 80s redux right it's like it they really did a good job of capturing the well i guess the first one's in the 70s but they really did a good job of kind of capturing all the costuming done in the original but making it somehow fresh and updated yeah it was it was this really cool like i don't know man it looks grungy and great and i'm i'm excited for it uh godzilla right gareth edwards did godzilla godzilla was a little boring the new Godzilla movie. I love Godzilla. New Godzilla movie. I oh, liked I it. it. I liked it. A little boring. You didn't see the new Godzilla movie? With, mm. uh, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Help with yeah, yeah. Sorry, ass I did. I actually fell asleep in that movie. Okay, so it's, it's a little boring, but it is beautiful, right? I am hoping that, that that sort of like 
gorgeous sort of good production quality goes with a good story. And it seems like it's going to be good. I'm pretty stoked. It looked really rad. Um, Lawrence, what is it? It's uh, Lawrence. Fishburne. No, who, yeah, Lawrence Fishburne, right? Is that who it is? No, no, it's no, um, no, it's not Lawrence Forrest Fishburne. Whitaker. Lawrence Fishburne is yeah, Forrest Whitaker. Lawrence Fishburne Hello. is uh, is Neo, <laughs> not Neo, but he's he's. I'm getting, Matrix. I'm getting, yeah, Matrix. Getting your so, sci-fi's mixed up. I'm getting my sci-fi's mixed up. Uh, he looked great. No character in it was like Meh. everybody had this kind of real cool aesthetic. I'm a little curious about the ninja guy, the samurai dude. Oh yeah. But I'll I'll hold my reservations on that because I'm like, wasn't what? He, I, is he is he the all did he play any of the ninjas in Daredevil? I feel like they're <laughs> they've run out of ninjas in Hollywood and they're like recycling ninjas. Using the same ones, um, uh, sir. Um, we see your um, audition sheet here. It looks like you've played ninjas several times, and, and he's like, oh yeah, I've been playing ninjas since like 1989. I'm really excited to be in a ninja. Star Wars movie though, because no I was ninjas, in three ninjas, <laughs> and so what I think I can bring to this movie, aside from my ninjaness, is just just some good old fashioned, you know, kung fu excellence. <laughs> he's like, no, dude, here's a wooden sword. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what were your thoughts? What do you think about it? Yeah, I, I, aside from the style, I really, I really liked the. Um, I just thought that was a well cut trailer that that horn or alarm in the yeah, background like the that siren. goes off that was a really nice touch it gives you a sense of dread and it also kind of says to me this isn't this isn't like a fun there wasn't a lot of fun moments in this no there wasn't any like chewy were home uh there wasn't any kind of um uh, Ooh, there's a funny little fun droid. banter yeah no yeah. funny little droids in it this looked like okay we're going back we're going back to back to the roots like, <laughs> it's just it, Space is harsh. Like... The empires are di- the empire is a dick, and I'm really looking forward to because you so- saw some new shots of or some cool shots of the Death Star. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that trope being explained a little more in depth because I'm hoping they'll explain the Death Star in a way that makes it cool enough to validate its appearance in like half the Star Wars films. That's that's my only thing, right? So you had the newest you know, uh, Force Awakens doesn't have the Death Star, right? It has the other the Star Killer base, right? It's like Super Shredder Death Star. Yeah, Super Shredder <laughs> Death Star. And so part of me goes, eh, Death Star again, but I'm really kind of I'm kind of interested in the story they're telling. I kind of like it's a war it seems like a war story, you know, when they're running out on the beach. Right. And the and the AT-ATs are out there, and I'm like, oh, the shit, that looked rad, right? Like, Doesn't that planet look awesome. really cool? The planet looks really neat, too. Like a jungle like planet. like a different type of yeah. planet than we've seen before in Star Wars yeah. movies. We need to do some jungle. We need to do some jungle in the Star Wars. And not and not forest, not yeah. forest, but jungle. Yeah. Palm trees and shit. Yeah. Looks good. Uh, that, unless that unless they bring some like pre prequel shit into it, and it's like... We're in the jungle because they're mining for conflict minerals, and the Empire is doing a trade route, and you're like, ah. Oh, no trade routes. So the chick who plays Mon Mothma, right, the lady in white? I'm like, sure she loves that you refer to her as a chick. She looks exactly like the one from the originals, right? Yeah, she does. She like, does. I thought, it was, I thought it was one of those, like, um, CGI, CGI things, like, with Tron. No, no. It's a whole different woman, and she looks exactly like her, and it was, it was I'm like, is that did they? I thought it was CGI trickery too. Right. No, it's a no. new actress. I dig it. I it dig was it. great. It's more authentic. I I think that it's gonna. I'm really looking forward to it. I like the fact that we're entering a Star Wars where theoretically there shouldn't be any Jedi's in this. Correct? No, there shouldn't be any. So uh, Sith. Obi Wan is hiding, uh, and Yoda is in hiding, and so you have Darth Vader. That's it. I don't want to see any Jedi's in here besides. The Sith. Uh, I think all you're going to see is I think all you're going to see is Darth Vader, like from the back, like a glimpse of him. Like he walks by like an extra, and, like... <laughs> and he's just like <laughs> like waves. <laughs> <laughs> he does like a little wink at the camera. Like I didn't even know he had that those eyes. Wink, wink. They, they move. All right, <laughs> they move. Who knew? Add it to the canon. <laughs> all right. So and who's writing Wars. this? Who's writing this one? Uh, you know I don't know who's writing this one. I know I don't know if uh, I don't know who did the screenplay for it. Um, I know that Godzilla guy is directing it. Um, and one of my friends is absolutely like, I don't want to Freddie who was on the show. Remember when Freddie was on yeah. the show? Uh, he's like, I don't know, man. I didn't like Godzilla at all. It was super boring. I'm not excited for it. I'm like, but did you see the trailer, dude? Did you see the trailer? Right. Like he saw, he saw force awakens like eight times yeah. in theaters. So maybe he's a little, maybe he's a little star word out, but 
I don't know, man. It yeah. looks it looks it good. Looks like, I mean, you can only like go Star off. You can only go off two minutes. What you see, yeah, you <laughs> yeah. know. And what I saw looks really badass. Uh, yeah. Are we just doing all the uh, Star Wars heroes are females now? Uh, you mean uh, two, two out of every? No, nope. uh, I'm just nine saying. Movies? Like, have we forgotten about the white middle class American male? Huh? <laughs> when do we get fan service? Ne- never, right? What? You never get fan service. You're what? never in any movie. I every, want like you know what, to see you know a trailer where they're like, "Why? Why are you here? Are you a rebel?" You're like, "I'm white. I'm 32. <laughs> I'm middle class. I'm not a rebel at all, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm here to rebel." You know what movies you get now? You get Liam Neeson movies. That's what you get. Every Liam, every Liam Neeson movie is supposed to appeal to your whiteness. No, your white that feels like my dad's whiteness. <laughs> uh, but she looks badass, though. She looks pretty tough. She does. She looks well, she's pretty a tough. rebel. That's why she's here to do. She's here to rebel. I lo- that was a pretty rad line. You can't, you can't like, this is a rebellion. Well, I that's, rebel. that's where your, like, acting comes into play. Because that on page is like, what? Like, come this, on. What, yeah. what, read the lines back to me. This is a rebellion. What's the next line? I rebel. Okay. <laughs> you got right to sell it, man. You got to sell it. <laughs> so here we go, Travis. Well, this, actually, that was a really good segue for Star Wars because you just finished doing your taxes. You're in the I middle of doing your taxes. taxes. The government is... is like the empire. You think yes. the planets had to pay uh, taxes to the empire? Of course they did, they man. Did. Probably yeah. like stupid taxes too, like expensive ones. Stormtroopers don't pay for themselves, bro. Do they? Would they arrest? Like, do you get audited by the Empire? You must. It can't be a it can't be a fun process. Oh, that like, would be Death's, a good movie. Empire Empire expensive. Auditors is the next Star Wars story like, fan Star that Wars. I want to see. Where it's just like people knocking on doors, like, "Hello, yes, it I'm says from the Empire," got, uh, and he says your uh, back taxes are, are are due for two galaxy years. Two galaxy years. Uh, uh, no, it says I'm here not that you claim. You claim this. You claim the sale of five banthas. The sale of five banthas. Uh, but I. But I see here you actually sold seven. You I'm actually sold seven the receipts on those banthas. I don't keep receipts. I'm in Tatooine. We don't. We barely have paper. Well, I'm sorry, <laughs> sir. That the empire is. That's not gonna fly. Uh, we're gonna take you in. Gonna and then he the force chokes him. Yes. Uh, you know what? I think someone should write that comic. A short comic. Uh, empire, empire IRS. <laughs> And it has to be like don't try to get too creative with it. Just make it a realistic depiction, boring yeah. as hell, of Star Wars Galaxy Auditors. It'd Speaking of uh spin-off story ideas, yeah. Uh one of our challenges this week was I said, Hey Josh, we got Rogue One. I think they're gonna make like a Han solo solo yeah, Han film. Solo. And there's a Boba gonna, Fett. There's gonna be a Boba Fett for sure, you know, those are two big ones. What would you if you could make uh if you were in charge of producing a Star Wars family film, what yeah. spin? Not saying it has to be family friendly, but you know what I'm saying in that mm-hmm. um, genre. What would you? What would you go? What? What part of Star Wars would you explore? The what part of Star Wars would I explore? The naughty bits. Um, you know what? You know what? How about that? That remember the dude in Jabba's palace who loved that uh, Rancor so much? Remember, like shirtless guy. Oh yeah, yeah. The Rancor Didn't gets crushed. Die? Did he die? The rancor gets crushed by the by the yeah, door. But doesn't the and guy, the dungeon guy, die too? No, I don't think he dies. Oh, okay, because the ship, like the, the ship, like the ship, is a different thing. So I don't know if he was on the ship when they were when they flew the ship. But I like to know his backstory. I want to know his backstory. It would be kind of like a uh, what's that? Dragon Tales? What's that? How to Train a Dragon? Yeah, How to Train Your Dragon? But like How to, how train, to train a, a rancor. rancor? Yeah, and it was how like to... it takes him back. Like he was paired up with that rancor as a child. And they would get into mischief together, go on adventures how, like, like Peach how Dragon. That thing hits so hard when it dies then, right? You go watch that, it makes the moment of that rancor death oh so my God. much more meaningful. Yeah, you'd be like, you'd be pissed at the rebellion. You'd be like, God damn rebels. Coming in Luke, here. Luke Skywalker? Yeah. You are an ass. You are an you asshole. That, right. that was his best friend. His best friend. That was his best friend. At least had the courtesy to kill him too. That way, take him out together. Now yeah, he's got to live a life alone. I'd like to know. I'd like to know what's up with that. Up with that dude. I'd like to know what's up with that dude. Do you think uh, he could claim that rancor death on his uh, space taxes? Maybe. Yeah. Like it's got to be write it off as a loss, right? Right. Because that's that's his his living. Yeah. That's his living. That's his small business owning that rancor. <laughs> We're just running with this. So what's what's yours? What's yours, man? What do you got? See, what do you I'm, I'm, I'm in the same vein. Um, <laughs> I 
there's, I mean, Orlando one would be cool, and I'm sure that will get down the line. But maybe an area they're not thinking about is I'd like to see like a like a most Isleys. Like, mm-hmm. take let's change the genre around and let's do like most Isleys gets uh, like Cheers. <laughs> Dude, that's <laughs> actually not bad. I'm gonna change it. Like, I want a most Isleys Cheers. They're like, too knocked locked. Um, they're like, and there's like a weird like sexual tension between like. Diane, like a Diane and like some yeah. Sam sand alien. Yeah. Um, no, so in most Isley's canteen, the most Isley's band, right? They're yeah. all kind of aliens in it. So in my movie, it's like a comedy, right? It's a comedy okay. or at least a fun loving one where you get a human being who has this amazing voice, right? Mm-hmm. And he's working as like a bar back. Maybe you put like a like a James Franco character <laughs> in there, right? And okay. he's working at a bar back at uh, most Isley's bar. And, you know, circumstances happen. He gets hooked up with the band. They start making it big. And then they got to go to, like, the Empire Empire City or, like, the big space city. Yeah. And, like, really try to make it big in um, so uh, you, the space world. You want, like, Rockstar. Yeah, uh, exactly. But... You nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> Even better. Like, they have the most Isley. Like, he he croaks the bucket. No, um, the Cantina Band. Who's the leader of the Cantina Band? There's... I don't know how the dude's name Man, is. They I'm, look like they have butts the, for faces. The nerds are going to be really upset. Um, yeah, so he dies, and you get like the guy, like Journey. You know, you had that Filipino yeah. guy who sings Journey songs now. You get James Frank, uh, not James Franco in there. Uh, what's his brother? Dave Franco. I want Dave Franco. I don't know who's Dave Franco. Dave Franco is James Franco's younger brother. I've never seen this dude. What movie is he in? He's in um, tw- 21 Jump Street. He's in Neighbors. I haven't seen Na- what's the what's the actual what's the popular guy in Neighbors, not not Rogan. Oh, um, the other one. Um, Zac Efron. I think Zac Efron is your choice, man. I well, think he- Dave Franco is Zac Efron's friend in that movie. Okay, all right, all right. The one who gets the boners all the time. I haven't seen it, dude. I haven't seen Neighbors. Oh, spoiler alert: There's a guy in there who gets boners all boners the time. all the time. <laughs> now I know what I'm watching tonight, <laughs> honey. Honey, get that get the Blu-rays out. <laughs> There's boners. We're done with taxes. Time to celebrate some boners. <laughs> so, uh, all right. I like your movie. It's a good concept. It's a good concept. Yeah. We have talked about Star Wars way too long. We are the, today, like the worst people in the world. We didn't pick any major characters. So, like, no. oh, how about a a, a, a Poe spinoff? Or, like, maybe make a movie about the droids. Nope. They just started the Poe com- Poe just got his own comic, man. They just did uh, Poe number one came out this week. Oh, wow. I guess he's last going... week, if you were listening Well, to if this. he's got a comic book, you know he's on the rise. Oh, yeah. Everybody gets a comic book. Still Star Wars comic books, man. They're making they're making they're, bank yeah, off those yeah, things. Yeah, they are. I mean, it's a whole new wing of it's a whole new separate genre of comics almost. Yeah. So so here's what we've got today, Travis. We're supposed to talk con season because we are in the midst of con season. Emerald City Comic Con is going on right now. Uh, just before that was um, they just announced all the DC Rebirth stuff. At another convention. Image had the Image Expo, and they announced all their books. So all this stuff is happening. We're in the heart of con season, and fast approaching is Phoenix Comic Con. Right. Our, our big con at this city. Our big our big con in Arizona. Uh, I'm pretty excited to go. Are you excited to go this year? I am. I am. I always like a good con. I had a good time at Amazing Con a couple of months ago. Amazing Con was fun. I, I, I found some really random I, stuff. So I it was amazing, it. but it was amusing. Can we call amusing It should con. be called Amusing Con, Arizona. Amusing con. I that think might, that's I wonder, more, it's a much more truthful expectation going in. If it was just this is going to be an amusing con. I'm in. I'm in. So we have a guest on the show today, uh, Mister Mister Convention, Mister Arizona Convention. Here he comes, Mister Arizona, Arizona Convention. Convention. Uh, if you get, I heard he got his title. I heard. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Steve Harvey was like when they were announcing the Mister yeah. Arizona Con. They were like, um, they were like Yoshi Tamor, and they're like, oh, wait a minute, sorry, that's nope, not sorry. the winner. Robert, Tell who the winner is? <laughs> Robert is uh, our guest today. He he goes by Legion of Sand on the Twitter and on his blog, and he essentially is Mister Convention Goer in Arizona. He reports from all these cons. He's got video. He's got like video he does from them sometimes. Uh, he sometimes periscopes from them. He's got Instagram account. He's got his. His blog where he does a bunch of write-ups. If there is a convention, some sort of pop culture happening in Arizona, this guy's got the down the details on it. Uh, and so we thought we'd have him on the show to kind of talk to him about the convention season. He's also got a badass name. Legion of Sand is sweet. Like if you had that kind of, if you had that handle, if that was your name, 
you definitely tattooed that on you, right? You think he's got like like five legions? Five legions, pants? LOS. It's definitely like, he, like a, you think he's got like a sarlacc pit like on his back, and it just says like, Legion of Sand underneath it. It's, it's pretty good. They Robert, they ride, you hearing this? They ride in single files to hide their numbers. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're we're uh, we're gonna throw to the interview to Robert. Robert's gonna talk to us about conventions and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, so let's go to the interview. Hold on to your butts. It's a comic exposure interview. Today, our guest on our uh, interview here on Comic Exposure is Robert, a.k.a. Legion of Sand, a.k.a. Mr. Arizona Khan, if I can say AKA, that. A.k.a. Don't call me Rob. <laughs> uh, I, like, I like the ring of that, that uh, Arizona Mr. Convention. I think so. Yeah. I think you are Arizona's Mr. Convention. Uh, so, Rob, we brought you on the show on Comic Exposure to kind of pick your brain a little bit because we are in – we're in the we're in the midst of con season, right? You might say we're in the throes of con season. You might like you might say that. We are in the very midst of it. So, Robert, before we start, we always ask all of our guests one question. And so, uh Travis is going to ask you a question. Oh, this is my favorite part. This is the part Don't blow it, Travis. You can do this. Robert, yes. What was your first exposure to comics? My first exposure to comics. My very first memory uh, was the very early Todd McFarlane uh, Spider-Man run uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s. And uh, it was – I believe it had Wendigo and Wolverine and Spider-Man on the cover. And that that is my earliest memory, and I've been hooked on Spider-Man and Wolverine ever since. Oh, nice, nice. All right. You know, one of the things that I was really excited to talk to Robert about is – you know, Robert, you've been in the you've been in the con game for a long time. Not like you've been like hustling people, you know. From maybe you have, I don't know. We don't know each other that well. But um, as far as conventions go, you know, you've been you've been kind of the the go to media outlet for you know AZ conventions uh, and a go to uh, reliable source for what's happening in in the city as far as pop culture, sci fi, fantasy, all those related uh, ideas. You know, I and I've been in Phoenix for a while, and I've just started getting into the con scene in Phoenix over the last few years. But I remember going five or six years ago, and these cons—they were just kind of shoebox cons, and people were were getting, you know, you had smaller crowds, and it wasn't anything like what we're seeing today in Phoenix. What do you think, like a city like Phoenix? How does that? How do they grow their con scene? Like, how did Phoenix grow leaps and bounds over the last four years? Well, I think what works is that we have such a uh, diverse, uh, you know, group of citizens here in Arizona. Um, you know, whether it's you know younger kids who are into anime or into the into the furry scene, or um, you know, people like my age, uh, early thirties who grew up with comics and you know they want to go back and relive their childhood and buy all those. So it's, I mean, these cons are trying to find their niche here in Arizona, and uh, I think we're up to like fourteen or fifteen different cons that cover different uh you know topics here in the state it's insane how much it grows i mean one of my favorite things to do at these cons is it's not even go in the con but just hang out at a bar outside of it and watch just the parade of madness because there's that many people that are going to these things now for for some of these cons yeah no definitely it's uh you know sitting outside of a con or just in the lobby uh it's definitely great for for people watching there's some there's some really great people watching so uh robert what was the last con you were i mean what's the what's the most current thing you went to here in arizona uh the last one i uh that i've been to was uh amazing arizona back in february and, oh yeah uh, we went to that one josh yeah we were then, at that one yeah before josh, that, josh and i always go on a valentine's day date to uh <laughs> amazing arizona con. <laughs> It's very romantic. It is. <laughs> Last year, it was. If we went on the Saturday on Valentine's Day, and Josh said, "Tell his wife." He's, his wife's like, "Where are you going?" Like, uh, Travis is picking me up. We're going to amazing <laughs> Comic Con, Arizona. She's like, "It's Valentine's Day." He's like, "Well, we won't be gone all day. <laughs> we'll be able to Valentine's later." <laughs> um. So, Robert, all of this stuff. What do you think? What do you think makes a, you go to these cons? What do you think makes a good convention? Um, you know what, what I think makes a good convention is a, definitely a, uh, lack or I'm sorry, not the lack of, but a wide variety of guests, uh, from different aspects of pop culture. Um, and then just having a very good vendor room exhibit hall, because you know what, that's where people a lot of spending their time is, is the vendor hall and having a good diverse, uh, selection of vendors that are selling different merchandise, um, 
you know, I definitely find that very entertaining, just being able to spend a few hours on the on the vendor hall. Do you think that's what, you know, people who go to like their first con, whatever genre it is, do you think that is what's most what attracts them most when they walk in, they see everything. You think noobs spend a lot of time in the vendor hall? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, you know, uh, my first very, uh, my first comic con, you know, I didn't even know what panels were, what was going on with them. Um, I spent the majority of my time just wandering the exhibit hall, find, you know, opening my wallet left and right. <laughs> just throwing cash at people well, in booths. Yeah. <laughs> yeah making we- it rain. You do feel that the things that you see at con, you're like, I need to buy this now because this look, because I, I don't know when I'm going to see this again. You know, now a lot of these vendors have online, you know, um, stores, but there's something about seeing like a cool print or a T-shirt or, you know, they have these crazy like woodblock art and like comic book lawn ornaments. I mean, whatever you could imagine, pillowcases. <laughs> and you're like, I need to buy this now because I don't see this at Walmart. <laughs> yeah, so- no, definitely. Yeah, so Robert, speaking of that that showroom, like going out and seeing the exhibitor hall, let me ask you, what is your what is your best find or your best you know your best purchase that you've made at a con? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> so I'm really I'm really big into Dragon Ball Z. Okay. And uh, my very first San Diego Comic Con, there was a booth that had um, like a, a con exclusive uh, Goku figure. That was only at you know San Diego, and uh, I was just getting into collecting Dragon Ball Z merchandise, and I saw that, and I was like, I, I, I have to have it. So a sweet Goku figure is your yeah. love for it, is your love for it over nine thousand? Is it is it over nine thousand? Uh, maybe Com- like nine hundred one. Nine thousand one. All right, all right. Comic on my cash card. <laughs> uh, so let's see, we we've got you we've got the sort of you think that you need this um you want a variety of stuff showing there a variety of panels at con what kind of panels are you looking for when you go to a convention what type of panels do you like to sit in on um you know one of the reasons why i enjoy amazing arizona so much is that i enjoy going to the panels that have the the comic book guests um you know whether it's rob liefeld or uh, chris claremont you know i always find those panels really interesting and i always make it a point to uh, attend anytime I can. All right. I love Claremont. He had a, he had a great one this year at Amazing Con. Like he's just he's just after watching Liefeld when Claremont comes on, it's just such so much more dignified. <laughs> 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 like an air of sophistication. You're like, oh, thanks. I just ate a bunch of junk food. Now I can eat some broccoli with with my con. <laughs> Very two different personalities. Oh, yeah. for sure. And you have, sure. you have this giant Leinfeld that goes around the convention floor with people trying to get uh, signatures by that from that guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, all right. So you like the comic panels. Um, so we've got a question for you. It seems like Phoenix Con, if I, have, if I have one beef with Phoenix Con, and I think it's fun. It's a ton of fun. There's a bunch of panels. But I always feel like the, the comic book guests are – there's not as many of them or as many of the big people as I would like there. Not, not like the, not like the, um, you know, the Jim Lee or the, or the Liefeld, but there's like this large swath of comic artists that I see going everywhere else, but Phoenix, what do you, what do you think Phoenix needs to do? Or what do you think keeps Phoenix con from getting those guests? You know, that is uh, a very good critique of, of Phoenix comic con because I, I'm in total agreement. Like, um, I've never seen a Scott Snyder or, you know, any of these other big guys who are, you know, big names in comics right now. Just, I don't know why they avoid Phoenix, but, um, well, 120 degrees maybe, but yeah. well, <laughs> even big, I, even big vendors like image don't show up. Yeah. I mean, you know, they say there's like four to five different cons every, almost every weekend now. Um, you know, it might be because, the, you know, the talent and these exhibitors are so spread out between weekends that, you know, they really have to pick and choose, um, you know, what cons are going to. And I think part of that is that when, you know, Wizard World Philly this year is the same weekend as Phoenix Comic Con, they have like almost the entire half of the uh, MCU at their show this year. Right. You know, if I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm a vendor or a comic, you know, publisher, I want to be at that show because I know that's where, the, you know, the people are going to be. Well, is it because they have like the, I mean, 
the numbers come because they have the attractions, you know? So I feel like Phoenix is growing in size and size every year. Are these other cons, like the, the Philly con, are they offering other incentives uh, for artists and writers? Is I mean, are these people getting paid at all? Or are they getting, is it like room perks? Like what is what is drawing those artists besides the numbers which have been created because of the attractions? Uh, you know, I honestly don't know if there's any extra, you know, room perks or anything. As as far as I know, most comic book guests, um, you know, they don't pay for their table. They're they're set up with uh, with a table with a room for transportation. Uh, but you know, past that, I'm not sure what else you know some of these other cons might be offering. Well, I heard Wizard World New Orleans this year was offering hookers and blow. So I feel <laughs> it is many got, got, as you could get. We've got Van Buren Avenue. I think we need to move locations. <laughs> hey, that could do it. That might yeah. that might work. That might work. So it, that that would be my only thing. And, and it, like you just said, I think there's what three or four conventions the same weekend as Phoenix Con this year, something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. No, there definitely is. It's uh, D- uh, Dallas Comic Con or Dallas Fan Expo. They just changed their names recently. Uh, Wizard World Philly and uh, Awesome Con in, in DC, all all the same weekend. Does that does that worry you? Like as far as like uh, was that the same last year with those same big cons happening, or is it like ooh this year we're up against extra tough competition? Uh, last year it was just two. Now um, it was Awesome Con and Dallas Fan Expo. But uh, well, that I, Philly Con, oh, it's gonna screw us. <laughs> <laughs> if you look at the guest lists, you know, between all four of these conventions, I, you know, if I had to rank them, I would definitely have to put Phoenix Con uh, last as far as like media guests and comic book guests go. Yeah, yeah, I think that, you know what, the the media guests, that I, me personally, that's not what, the media guests don't sway me all that much because I can't, I can't imagine spending money to get a picture with someone from a TV show. Like, that's not my bag. But I just want to like go to Artist Alley and like bask in comic book artists that I love. And that's the that's my only that's really my only complaint about Phoenix Con. I love the location. I, I really dig like the atmosphere of it. It's a friendly convention. That's the only I think there's some good panels, but that's like the only thing I wish there were. Yeah, I I totally agree. Well, and I, I agree with you as well. But I think you know one of the things that makes Phoenix Con fun in the last three years is the number of people there, like yeah. that parade of madness that you get to watch. I love doing that the best. Now, in order to get that parade. To the lay person, you have to have like some of the the big. You have to have you know um, uh, uh, Christopher Lloyd there, you know. Uh, and I also like it's fun to go and watch. I watched Ron Perlman last year at Phoenix Con. It's fun to kick back and relax for like an hour after a few beers and hear you know Hellboy up there talking about you know uh, his career. That's that's fun. I don't wait in line for those things and I don't plan my day around them. But it's it's a nice add on. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like I said, those media guests will definitely help the. I, you know, what's interesting is that the Phoenix Comic Con attendance the past two years has almost been at a standstill. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, lay claim that oh, the, the media guests aren't as strong as they have been, and that could be a possible reason why. But, um, you know, as far as the attendance goes, I, I you know, I kind of enjoy where it's at right now. Yeah, I so. think there's, I think there's a good amount of people there. There's sometimes when you come down that escalator. And then you're like, how the hell am I going to get through this? There's no right. way. How am I going to make it to the exhibitor hall with this mess of people? <laughs> now, there's there's an interesting con coming up in Phoenix that I'm actually I, I looked I, I went to your site and was uh, perusing, you know, the upcoming events. And there's that uh, pinball arcade con it was like, yeah, Zap uh, ZapCon. Yep. Oh, that look. Have you is that is, is that have you been to that one before? Uh, yeah, I've been to the uh, the past two years. I've I've attended it. So they just they just fill the the floor with pinball games and arcade games and just set everything to free play. That that is exactly it. Oh um, it's God. held at the Mesa Convention Center. Um, you know the room is just full of arcades and pinball machines, and you just you know just play what to your heart's desire. Yeah, no. Josh, we're definitely going to that. Yeah, no, we're definitely going to play some. We're going to play some video games. That'll that'll. I, I hope I hope it falls on your and your wife's anniversary. Uh, but that's already passed, so we're good. <laughs> okay. We're... <laughs> Maybe on the birth of your of your child. Well, when no one's, we're not having another one, so we'd like be to okay. Take you away from an important occasion. I I understand that. I understand that. <laughs> so, Robert, can you tell me um, what is? Would you have a crazy convention story? Do you have like some? What's the weirdest or strangest thing you've? encountered or been a part of at one of these cons that you've been to 
Um, I always, you know, as for, as a comic book fan, I always find it a little funny that uh, my very first convention, you know, like I said previously, was at San Diego, and uh, I'm just hanging around the WB booth. Um, you know, uh, my wife wants to get an autograph with somebody, so I'm just waiting for the line to form. And uh, it was the year Watchmen was coming out. Okay. And uh-huh. uh, they had the uh, that whatever that the owl ship on display mm-hmm. uh, at the booth, and somebody comes walking down. Uh, uh, down the WB stairs, and we kind of trip over each other. And I'm, you know, I apologize, even though it was his fault. And uh, you know, that I forgot all about it. And then he goes over to the uh, to the owl ship, and people start taking his picture with it. And then I realized that was Dave Gibbons, uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, the the artist from The Watchmen. So. Yeah. So That's you nice. you you tri- the artist from The Watchmen tripped over you. <laughs> that's nice. That's nice. You've got you've got a nice little little. Uh, I've never tripped. Uh, I've never had anybody trip on me. What? No, no one famous at least. No one famous at least. <laughs> yeah. Yo, why are you tripping on me? Uh, you know, Josh and I were talking about this at Amazing Con. Uh, you know, once the panels are done, you're kind of uh, walking around. There is something sad. Like I like the the attendance at Phoenix Comic Con because there's. All the booths are kind of like there's people perusing, but at Amazing Con, like you have these amazing touchstone artists and writers, and you'll look over and you're like, there's no one at Chris Claremont's booth. Like he's just sitting there, like with his thumb up his butt. He's just sitting there, like twiddling his thumbs, you know. And you're like, somebody go talk to this man. Like you know, like it's it's Chris Claremont. Like why yeah. isn't anyone talking to him? And there is something like, I I you know, we're at a weird time where you know comic book. Uh, related media, it just uh, properties are just selling like hotcakes, and so much money is spent on it. But then when you look at the founders, you know, um, people people don't seem to be as excited about the the sources of these materials uh, at at some of these cons where you're like, oh, you love those X Men movies? Well, Chris Claremont's right over there. Go talk to him. Ask him any question. All those plot lines you love in those movies, you can talk to him about. Right there for free. Won't cost you anything. <laughs> Go for it, you, know? Uh, you, uh, you know, that's what's actually what's kind of cool about Amazing is that they want to make sure that they're putting the faces of, you know, the guys who made what's what's popular in pop culture right now at these conventions. And, you know, because the attendance is so much smaller, I mean, it's so easy to spend, you know, 15, 20 minutes talking to Charles Soule about Daredevil or Steve McNiven about you know, civil wars. So that's you know, that's why I really like Amazing because they give you that chance that it's almost like an intimate setting. Yeah, it's like a much. It's like if you can find that artist or that person there, you really have like a. Unless you're trying to talk to Liefeld and then forget it, it's not going to happen. But <laughs> uh, anybody else, you can have a. You know, you get a chance to go talk to him and go see him. You know what? I was with with Deadpool being that weekend this year. I was really surprised. I didn't see as many people in Deadpool costumes. I thought. Yeah, I thought. <laughs> I thought for sure there'd be way more of them. Oh, I totally – yeah, I had the same – I think everyone thought that, honestly. Yeah. I was now, waiting to see, like, would they multiply like rabbits? Would all of a sudden there be more Deadpool everywhere? I did want to walk into the bathroom and see, like, two Deadpools going at it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they'd be like, oh, I can't tell. Like, I was, I, this is good. This is good. <laughs> see? Um, you know, uh, um, uh, Robert, you know, Legion of Sand, how many years have you been doing this with Legion of Sand? Uh, I believe I started in 2013, the summer wow. 2013. So, um, you know, coming up on a few years now. And and where do you where are you thinking? Is this uh, 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 just a, a fun hobby for you, or where where you th- where do you envision um, going with uh, with your site and your your outlet there? Yeah, it's it's definitely a hobby. I always tell people it's my stress reliever it's the way it's how i stay sane you know sane from you know all these hours of work in my real world life so yeah it's just a hobby it's a fun hobby for me so and you're getting good feedback from it. people are people are you know it sounds like it, it's a it's a great place for information people can go like i was i was reading one of your tweets the other day and that's where i learned about all those other cons happening the same weekend as uh, phoenix comic con and i was like Oh, this is actually really good information because maybe I don't need to be a whole weekend past this year. Maybe you know two days will do it, you know, type of thing. Um, so it's it's a great source for information. The website and the um, um, uh, Twitter account. Is there anything that you want that you're that you've been kind of ruminating about 
adding to the website or, you know, delving into deeper or starting another, yeah, maybe Legion of Sand podcast. <laughs> uh, you know, I I did experiment with a uh, podcast last year with uh, right before Phoenix Comic Con when they released their panel schedule. I kind of did a podcast of just going over what I thought the highlights of the panel uh, panel schedule was. But, um, you know, that is definitely something I'd like to, you know, add to the website one day, just yeah. a, a consistent, you know, weekly, monthly podcast. Well, if you're not busy this year, when you get when you get that panel announcement, maybe we can have it on. We can have like a a Phoenix Con breakdown and like post it out to everyone who's going to be going there. Like, what are the highlights? What do you need to see and stuff like that? Oh yeah, definitely, man. I'm I'm definitely a game for that. All right, awesome. So, uh, Robert, before we before we wrap up, um, Travis and I have been going over this thing where you know we do this comic book club. We've been thinking about doing a panel the last couple of years, but we've never put in for one now travis did one last year for some he did some short film stuff he does a little uh short film production thing what do you call it travis what's the correct name for it it's called gorillapants.com well i know it's Check gorilla pants out. but shorts <laughs> no it's just it's it's like you know Legion it's a hot it's a fun hobby and we always say practice publicly if you're gonna do something enjoy it we live in an era where you can put it on display whether people like it or not and they were kind enough at the con to play some of our superhero shorts in between panels last year so that was nice oh that's awesome so we're, we've been kind of knocking around the idea of doing a panel. So before we go, what do you think makes the best panel at a convention? Amateur panels. Amateur panels. <laughs> yeah, not like, you know, we're not going to bring in Stan Lee to talk about anything. But what do you think makes the best amateur panel? Uh, you know, the best ones that I've seen, you know, uh, you know, fan run panels are the ones that are interactive. Once they get the uh, the crowd into it, they got the crowd asking questions, you know, responding to, you know, the, the what the slideshow or the PowerPoint, whatever they have going on is the panels that incorporate the audience are usually the ones that are the most successful. All right. All right. Nice. I, I think cosplay ones just in themselves do really well. I, I remember watching people fill in and out of these amateur panels and anything with like a cosplay show or like how to make like uh, X-Men cosplay or what anything's cosplay people really like here in Phoenix. And also it helps to have prizes. I feel like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that will definitely sway a few people. We're people giving away like stuff. So that's what yeah. we need, Travis. We need to like dress I up. Think we need to dress off, up. I think we should au- auction off dates. You know, I'm a married man, but you are not. So we could auction people, people at marriage. I mean, it's 2016, <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. Well, Robert, thanks for coming on the show. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find your stuff? Uh, you know, on Twitter, it's at Legion of Sand, and uh, the, the blog is just legionofsand.com. So that's where they can find me. Fantastic. Robert, thanks for coming on the live, show. If you live in the Phoenix area, I, I highly recommend you start following Robert because um, he does tweet out really cool information along with just some fun stuff as well. Yeah, so check him out. Uh, Robert, thanks for being on the show. We really appreciate it. And now back to our regularly scheduled program. All right. So uh, it was really awesome having Robert on the show. Uh, kind of give us some insight to the Arizona convention scene. And to kind of wrap us up, Travis, to wrap us up, I asked you, uh, we, we asked Robert uh, what his favorite find from a con is. What, what, what's his favorite find? And then I want to ask you that, sir. What is your, what's, what's your best purchase or, or nab at a con? Well, it's kind of a cop-out because we all know, if you listen to this podcast, even it is a variant, as you put it at the beginning. I collect um, um, Hellboy, sketches, Hellboy sketches from artists at cons. So I, every, go, every time I go to a con, I'll get a couple of Hellboy sketches from like an artist that I want to see. I actually got a Star Wars artist um, last time. And so I always love that. That's like one of the OG Star Wars yeah. artists, too. And so... I would say my favorite one is probably the Jay Lee one I got. I really like that one. Um, yeah, other than that, I did. I like to go there and like pick up things for people who mm-hmm. are nerdy or dorky, but they aren't to the point where they would go to a they con. Would go to a con. Yeah. So last time I was there, after you left Amazing Con, you know they had that guy who sold those wood prints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had one with a, a walker on it. Yeah, and I have a friend who's a big Star Wars fan, so I grabbed that for her, and I was just thinking because it wasn't that expensive, and I was like, "This is a, this is a cool thing to hang up." And she was like, "Oh, this is awesome! Super loved it." She, she said that people come to her house and everyone asks about it, so it makes you feel good. You're like, "Oh man, yeah. I did some good con shopping." So as far as um, 
bang for my buck. I think that was a, a cool purchase. That uh, wood print uh, Imperial Walker. Wood print Imperial Walker. Uh, you, I don't do a whole lot of sketches at cons because I would love to, but I have so much. They have so much like crap up in my house. Yeah. Like not crap, but we have a lot of we have a lot of like art stuff around the house. And so I was like, do I have room for for any more stuff? Uh, I did, however. Um, get a pretty rad Wonder Woman last year at uh, at Phoenix Con. That's probably one of my. I mean, that's probably one of the coolest pieces of art I got. Uh, so Morgan Beam, who does uh, some watercolors on uh, what was uh oh man Goners yeah. by out on Image Comics. She, yeah, we she love, did a, listen to that podcast. We talk about that and we just rave about her watercolors. The watercolors are great. Yeah. So she did a Wonder Woman for me. It's really fantastic. It's in her like weird kind of quirky style of it. I really dug it. I really like that one. Otherwise, I go for weird finds. I go for like strange stuff that I can find at cons. Well, Usually, you're like you're always on the hunt for a Godzilla. Like I, I do, I'm always you, on a hunt for you, a, you Godzilla want a good toy. Godzilla toy. I do, but I want an inexpensive Godzilla toy because I'm too cheap to buy like the hundred and twenty dollar yeah, yeah. like vinyl uh, ones from Japan. So I try to find a cheap one. But I always try to find uh, what I found at um, Amazing Con this last year. I've never heard of before. I had no idea what it was. It was uh, a graphic novel called Time Beavers. Oh, God. Here we go. Time Beavers. <laughs> Time Beavers is probably the most ridiculous thing I've found at a con, and for that, I love it because it, I don't – it is the most ridiculous thing. I'm about halfway through it reading it right now. You still have finished it? No, because I'm like – I've committed to reading it in bed, and so I've been tweeting about it. Hashtag Time Beavers in bed. So <laughs> you, can see, you can see me talk about it on, on Twitter. Uh, but it is so random. But there's something great about that this sort of early '80s style, this early '80s art style that's in it that I just I love it. At I this love point, it. since you're not done with it yet, is there yeah. any way that Time Beavers can let you down at this point? No, there's no way the time because I, my expectations for Time Beavers is that it's going to be terribly fantastic, and so far it has been terribly fantastic i want you to get to the end of it and then you realize there's like three more time beaver comics out oh. there and you're like i gotta find these so you turn like a a dollar fifty purchase into like the the volumes two and three are like hundreds of <laughs> you, dollars you and you gotta them. get that time beaver you gotta get <laughs> this that time beaver bro my time my time beaver book was three bucks i think it was a wise decision a great find that's what i hunt for at cons is the random the random a random issue of something a random graphic novel just for funsies to go ahead and read and be something weird. I just picked one up. I was digging through stuff at Greg's and I found one called, uh, it's a Marvel graphic novel. It's called Elric in the dreaming city. I'm going to show it to you on the Skype, but I did post it on the, uh, I did post it on the, on the Twitter. Uh, and it is just this Twitter. Yeah. It's this random eighties thing. And the art is so bizarre. What the art year, is so is weird. Early eighties, mid yeah, early eighties, 82, 82. Yeah, a good year. Yeah, 1981, 1982. So the year of my birth, and there's just something like fantastical about it, and so I had to grab it. It was just weird. I love that stuff. So that that's that's my find. Cool. So Travis Ratz, next book on the podcast is We Can Never Go Home. We Can Never Go Home, which on that podcast, I'll probably call it by like four different names. We Can't Go Home Again, We Can Never Go Home, Look Homeward Angel, Homeward Bound, <laughs> Home Alone 2. I'll probably call it every name but the actual but name of the we book. Can never go home. So we're, we're going to read We Can Never Go Home. Uh, it is out on Black Mask Studios. Uh, and it's I'm got excited a, to read uh, the Black Mask. It, we haven't done any of uh, the, that imprint yet. Yeah, so we're, this, is, this was kind of hailed as one of the best indie comics of last year. Um, so I'm pretty excited to talk about it, see what every, see what you think about it. Uh, our returning guest, we're having Chris Moore back on the show. He's good. He's, he he's, did. He's very insightful. Yeah, he's he very did. He's sharp did. about his criticism. Batman Zero Year with us, uh, way long time ago. I'll I'll re I'll retweet that one out so people can go back and check it. Uh, but like Boss Campbell, Hood, Kindlin, Rosenberg, Skirty, Todd, and Walsh. The list of people who worked on this book um, are many, and there's mixtapes in it and they will make you, me happy will you do me a favor josh yeah will you make a spotify list that is just the same songs as that mixtape and we'll put i'm it out sure on... i'm sure it's already there if i can find it i will definitely if i can't make it i mean if it's not there i'll make one and i'll post it because these playlists make my heart happy half, so <laughs> half our work's done for us the playlist is already created 
I know, I know. So uh, tune into that one. Next issue is We Can Never Go Home. And then after that, we're going to talk Tokyo Ghost Tokyo out on Image Ghost. Comics. Oh, uh, and then we, after that, we've got... Um, Kaiju Max. Kaiju Max. Max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that'll round out. I think that'll get us through the end of May, I think. Somewhere in there. We may have one more book at the end of May, but right now those are the next in there is our 50th episode anniversary. What are we going to do for our 50th anniversary? I don't know. What is the, what is 50? What is that? Like, uh, it's, (laughs) I feel like woods. I feel like that that would, that, that degrades wood. I feel like woods in like the top 20. This yeah, is more. Yeah. It's, it's probably like comic book anniversary. Like here, fifty years is a comic book. <laughs> so, um, we're, those are the next books coming out. Check it out. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Comic Exposure. You can find Siri. Us- what is the fiftieth wedding anniversary? Let's see. What does Siri say? The answer is zero point zero two. What is that fiftieth wedding anniversary? Zero point. <laughs> how do I how do I phrase this to Siri, Josh? I don't I don't know. Uh, hey Siri. Oh, mine's picking up your volume. <laughs> what is the celebration item for a 50th wedding anniversary? Looking. Here's what I found on the web for what is the celebration item for a 50th wedding anniversary. <laughs> your Siri my, sounds more British than mine does. My, mine's Australian. I put mine to Australian. Oh, I was going to say. Maybe that's what it was. It doesn't say. Um, 50th wedding now we're, yes. now we're, you know how much this is great radio. No, this race. Is, this, people love this shit. Golden, it's golden. Oh, it's golden this is anniversary. Too expensive for us. Gemstone gift, mother of pearl. No, oh, I love uh, mother of pearl. It's, it's Josh, gold. I love mother of pearl. It's gold, and, and then that, uh, yellow rose. I'm gonna buy you yellow roses. Oh, That's mother what, of pearl, oh. I wouldn't trade you for the whole world. Yeah, no, 50th is just straight up gold. There's no there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. 50th is gold. I want a gold cap for my tooth. I'm going to buy you a grill. I'm oh. going to get you a gold grill. Or I'm going to get you a booster gold comic. That's probably what's going to happen. Oh, you spoil me. I'm going to get you a booster gold book. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, find us on the Twitter, at Comic Exposure. Find us on the internet. It's www.comicexposure.com. Slash, uh, no, just what am I saying? Slash, just comicexposure.com. Look yeah. it up. Check out our archives. Thanks for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll see you next trade.